I mean, you a god. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Nerdstocking. I'm Bill, working alone this time because this is a Nerdstocking Detours episode, where we randomly insert all of the lame stuff cut out of other nerds... I mean... We feature some great segments and hilarious outtakes from various Nerdstocking recording sessions never before heard. In this Detours episode, Chad and Ross give their take on Ghostbusters 2016, Jackie contemplates head assholes, Evan says fuck Frank Miller... And Ross relates his fateful meeting with the tragically hips, Gord Downey. Enjoy. Speaking of Ghostbusters, I saw Ghostbusters recently. It was awesome. And it was, oh, you saw it too now, oh, We right? did, I, after you saw it. We, were, we saw Janet on the streetcar. On right. our way to see it, it was fantastic. It boy, was, boy. Uh, it was great. It, I, you know, literally, we sat in the kitchen going, hey, let's go see a movie because we wanted to see a movie. And none of us wanted to see it. We were like even contemplating seeing Ice Age, which is like. Oh, that's you know, low. Worse. That's in fact, low. I, we were even considering going to see Star Trek. And wait a minute. We like, wait a minute. We said, let's go see Ghostbusters. And it was so funny. It was so, so can you good. like be, give me some specifics? Like, give me some examples of what Ghostbusters and why yeah, it was great. Like, why? Yeah, it was yeah I'm good. getting to it. Okay. Getting to it. Then quit, dancing, the boss around. Of me. Fuck quit you. dancing around the issue. How I good could, was Leslie? I could Jones? dance if just, I want to. He's just readjusting. Quit doing chest. your your burlesque dance <laughs> like the enchantress. Which uh, what was the fav- What was your favorite character? Like which actress do you well, think like you know? Ma- it Melissa best? McCarthy is always funny in a supporting role. Not so funny in a lead, right? Mm. I thought she was great in this. No, in this she's a supporting role. Well, right? you know she's part wh- of a team. Yeah. She's kind of watered down. Like these great. It's like Will Ferrell, right? Like you. He's so funny, but he's always better with other people. True. I see right? When he takes lead, it's kind of a little too much Will Ferrell. Hmm. Uh, a little less cowbell. But the uh, <laughs> with Melissa McCarthy, she was really funny. The, all the like the pop culture references, the 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 nods to the original Ghostbusters, all of the all cast got their cameos came back except you know, except for the Egon guy and he, well, he was up there. As a statue. Yeah, he was there, right. Um He's but, dead, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. they had him as a statue, though. So he he made his he appearance. Shows up. He right. Shows up. But it was a lot of fun, and it it didn't try to be something other than a Ghostbusters movie. They they, it's a new team, and they're all women, and that's great. But they were still just Ghostbusters, showing I, how women can be in these roles because it's science; it's not s- physical strength. No, absolutely, right? it's brilliant. And the, and I think one of the funniest scenes was was the flip of making the Chris Helmsworth character, the uh, the receptionist. Being a stupid guy instead of traditionally, you have a That's stupid right. blonde. You guys a are kind of making me uncomfortable because again, all your only benefits is that it's all girls. The men are idiots. You no, know, I, didn't say that. Was I want some comedy specifics. You want comedy? Okay, give me, yeah, give me scenes. I'll give, give me scenes where they're so hilarious. Kristen Wiig yes. is trying to convince tell everybody that the end of the world is coming. Right. It's the end of the world as you know it. Yeah, I feel Thank fine. You, Armageddon and. Dogs and, and, and then cats living she, together. She, <laughs> hysteria. She, she sees the mayor, played by Andy Garcia, and she's got to go in and tell him, you know, you got you to gotta evacuate the city of New York because everything happens in New York, of course. Right. And she's at a restaurant. She's at the plate glass window and she keeps trying to slide it. And they're actually saying, I think <laughs> she thinks it's a sliding door. And then she moves on to the next one and does it again. It's like, she, she thinks that one's it was also so a funny. sliding door. And then she comes in and she uh, accosts the mayor at his table. And she says, 
you've got to evacuate the city. And he says, no, 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 we can't do that. You don't want to create hysteria, mass hysteria and all this jazz. And she goes, no, you've got to do it because it's, you know, massive destruction is going to happen and the dead are going to walk the, the, the you know, it's basically this, to Bill Murray. It's yeah. the same. Yeah. Dogs same. and cats living together. together. Mass hysteria. Exactly. Universal Armageddon. And <laughs> she says, don't be the mayor from Jaws. Yeah. Goes, don't call me the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> she goes, hilarious. but you're being the mayor from Jaws. That's because you know. we were all thinking that yeah, exactly. we were all thinking he was just like that. Right. And then, that, you know, when they interviewed the Chris Helmsworth uh, character for the Hems, recep- Hemsworth, Hemsworth, there's right? no L. Yeah. Uh, for the receptionist, you know, he's supposedly a web designer. Yep. So he's 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 got glasses, but with no glass. So at one point, you know, he puts his fingers right through to scratch. And they're like, what? Um, you, you don't have any glass in your glasses. And he's like, oh, no, those just got dirty. Yeah. <laughs> What? And you could scratch your eye. Yeah, now I could scratch my eye. Um, but he said, mm. "So did you did you do some drawings for you know for a company logo for us?" And he he says, "Yeah, sure. One of them is a hot dog hovering above a house." <laughs> and they're like, "What is that?" He's like, "Well, you know, there's a ghost, but except he's invisible, but he's holding the hot dog oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over a house." And there like, was like a ghost with yeah, huge yeah, breasts. Yeah, and I can like, make the breasts mm. bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That it's part, a funny movie. Do they funny. have like an evil EPA agent like no, they had in the first like, one who is actually the hero of the movie? No, Walter, all just Walter like, Peck. No, we can't the original Ghostbusters is actually like a libertarian propaganda. Hmm. Yeah, they don't believe in rules. They just believe that you they should be able to do whatever they want. To save the fa- freaking world. Oh, I'm sorry that like that the EPA wants to regulate these toxic so, chemicals that are going out in the world. So let me get this straight. Tonight you've you've backed one of the worst movies ever made, Batman and Robin, uh, and now you're saying that you side the with the and I don't even think he's EPA because he's with the he's with EPA. Mayors. Okay, he's I think he is Fine. EPA. Yeah, Walter uh, Peck. Uh, you're you're backing uh, this man has William no dick. William Atherton. Atherton yeah. William Atherton. Yep. You're backing the uh, bastard asshole who shuts the power off and causes the calamity that unfolds. That's what? the guy. They That's could have him. explained it to him. They and, did. Oh, I'm sorry. He was too he, arrogant. He who was he's he? too arrogant. He was unbelievably oh arrogant. Oh my god! The in first Marvel, time who was that the, character? Literally the first time Bill Murray, Peter uh, Henrik Gingrich. Yeah, Gingrich. Literally the first time Bill Murray meets this person, Bill Murray's character, whatever the, his name was. First time he meets him, knows nothing about him, and he literally wipes like snot on his face and he at that point is still reserved enough to be like no i'm going to like be a professional and he tries to explain his case is like well you guys are using some like unregulated technology and he's like back off we're scientists like no we really need to see what you're doing and he's like screw you man we're just going to be unregulated they they have sirens going they are not regulated on they have they have an ambulance that's been painted as the Ecto One. That is literally not how public safety works. It has anywhere a red slash in the world across a ghost. Yeah. So, so in every it means movie, that they're against the bad you want to see cars come to a complete stop at a four-way stop before proceeding. What cool. I'm like, saying, what are you, what are you, Mister Rulebook? Like, you, what you, I'm you, saying is the EPA has very legitimate reasons to be sure, investigating sure, sure. the Ghostbusters. Well, in, in, they in, are just asking basic questions, and every time they ask a basic question, the Ghostbusters are nothing but so complete trading places. Dicks down. Trading places. You're saying that your favorite guy is either the two rich bastards who started all off, or the uh, crooked private investigator that organizes the whole scam for them to make money. Those are your heroes. Well, Training Places was came out before I was born because so, so did Batman okay, okay. sixty six. I didn't stop Evan, me from watching quick. it. Who's the villain in the story? Goldilocks or the Three Bears? 
I mean, Goldilocks, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. How is Goldilocks not the villain? She's a vandal. She's a vandal and a burglar. And the bear should have eaten that ass. Oh, come on. Yeah. Like what? What did the, what do the three bears do wrong in that in that nothing, book? Nothing. Nothing. They, they, they went, went for a fucking wrong, right? family one. Her house gets wrecked. Yeah. But they should have let her eat the rest of the porridge first to fatten her up before they. No, no, because she jumps out the window where she should have broken her, her leg, leg, and then yeah. they would. Yeah. They're bears. Like, what would you expect bears to yeah, do? No, let me I'm, put I'm my take my that. fez off because the like, bear. They, like, I don't know, blame my cat for fez. killing a mouse. Why would I blame no, no. a bear for killing a human? Well, and a human why would who I blame invaded any their bear space to yeah. to kill a human who so broke I, their chair, yeah, slept ate, in their beds, ate, ate their all their food. food. Like, although, it's home invasion. Although, if if I was gonna have a Columbo <laughs> moment, the reality is is that okay. So the fathers uh, supposedly they went for a walk to let the porridge cool, right? Right. Sure. So it's reasonable. The big one was I too hot. Yeah, because it's got more more the heat. The middle mass. one was too cold, and yeah, the small one was just right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, no. She right. should have eaten the mothers. That's right. right. That's right. It's all bullshit. It is. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Don't we have to talk about the Nazi dragon at some point? Yeah, we gave you the opening, and then you started tweeting. I can't even enter my passcode. This is going to be such a pain in the ass to edit. Oh, yeah. This is going to take Put this anywhere you want it. There's a few lulls. I've got to put everything everywhere I want it. You wanted a show, Bill. You got a show! Fuck me. (laughs) You've got the Star Wars holiday special on your hands. This is the holiday version. Hey, love me. This is where you want to put it. A pile of shit. You know, keeping stuff under your hat has a whole new meaning when you have an asshole under there. (laughs) Thank you for selecting our brand of mini transmitter. If you assemble it properly, following the instructions I am about to give you, it will provide many years of fun and valuable service. Give me some of that shit. So I found the new Star Trek movie. You know, it had a lot. Did you of, see it? Yeah, it was amazing. Did you see the trailer? Uh, it, was, it was good. Which no, I saw shit. more. I saw the movie. Really? Yeah. The one thing. The I, whole movie. The whole thing. <laughs> what what I what I found really sort of. What was the opening scene? Bothersome. Fuck you. What I, found, I slept through wow. that. I got there late. Um, right. What I found disconcerting, I don't even remember Excuse what time I actually got there. Right. But I found that they did, it was like action for the sake of action. And even though the cast was really getting along and it seemed like they really enjoyed working together. You are so bullshitting right now. <laughs> Hold on. Did you like that scene with her up in the hill where she stripped teases to distract? Oh, she's got the fan. Uh, You're making stuff feathers. up. Did you see it? But what I found was that there was a lot, there was a lot of like nods to the old show. Sure, but out of context. No, it was like they were making fun of the thing that they were actually doing. What were they making fun of? Where was the where where where, where were they making fun? Jack? You couldn't be more wrong. Do you think they were making fun of Sulu by making him gay? No, I think not. they're paying homage. Yes, I think they 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 thought that George Takei was awesome, and they had to like give him a nod. I actually fully agree with uh, making Sulu bond. gay personally. Making yeah. who? Sulu gay? Yeah. yeah, why not? But I, I mean, I side with Simon Pegg and uh, Zachary Quinto in that. I get, against, I get uh, George Takei's um, objection though. Well, the problem is a little old man. The problem no, is no. they're they're Dumbledoring him. They're just making him arbitrarily gay, and there's no well, there's just, no indication. Of it. They're Fine. not dealing with it at all. But the reality the is, is that we need to we need there is a far bigger spectrum than has ever been shown in a Star Trek movie. It's about time that they do. But and, and it's more I get important George for Takei. them to make a character an established character. 
because yes, that, that you, you already have, have other things character. about as opposed to introducing a new character who the exactly. only thing you know about them is that they're gay. Yeah, I but then they don't, they have he has there's no in, there's no he doesn't have a relationship with anybody else on the Enterprise with another man. Like they don't deal with it at all. It's just something they've they parachuted in. I didn't I haven't actually in. seen the movie so I'm just uh... What's that? I don't I didn't feel it was parachuted. I mean I mean he obviously he hasn't had a relationship on the ship because he has this pre-existing relationship where he has a child that they've adopted. So I don't oh. I didn't feel I didn't, I didn't feel that at all. I do get George Takei's objection because But he has he's adopted with another man? Yeah. Yes. Oh, with interesting. The, the have they is this just boyfriend. deleted scenes or no, what is that? That's in the movie. Did you see the movie? We saw the movie. Yeah. And the, I don't and the Yorktown Jesus, I we totally went together. You went with him and we you're accusing him of not seeing I totally don't Did remember Did you close that. your eyes? I don't remember that part. Oh, my. Do you close your eyes when, uh, when, well, when totally, things that make you uncomfortable totally, are on screen? I totally retract that because uh, I, I, I yeah, don't. Yeah, no, it was a very it was a very gentle scene, not oh. in your face, but obviously um, made sense. That's but fucked up. But if I, for the third time, Jackie, <laughs> if I, I could uh, discuss uh, George Takei's objection. Um, hey, did you guys hear about... Oh, just kidding. Go ahead. It's uh you know he was an actor and he 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 was in the closet until the nineties for a long time, and you know he played, I guess for the most part I don't know whether his whole filmography but I'm guessing he played mostly straight men, and he is an actor he can do that nobody ever doubted the Sulu character he played in the three years on the TV and then in six movies was anything other than what he appeared to be as a heterosexual man Rock especially Hudson. when he got. Um, <laughs> Uh, crazy with the uh, in the deadly years and uh, uh, not the deadly years and um, uh, uh, which was the one where they got infected and they they reverted to their true forms or or, or uh, the naked time naked time well, when he was when shirtless he got, with the swords shirtless with the, thank you with his rapier so I get that he mm, I get that he's saying with the rapier by making Ooh. this Sulu gay for him it might feel like you know what i spent my entire career as an actor playing straight men and i played them well nobody ever thought oh you know that guy that character is obviously gay or that actor is obviously right. gay and it's and and if the character is originally envisioned by gene roddenberry as being straight then i can see after playing the character for so many years that he might have that investment in it because he's an actor but the reality is it's a new sulu it's a different universe completely why not yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with what Ross said. What? That is a, which, which I know is something disagree. that, that podcasts are, are great for. Oh, my. So, you know, speaking of Suicide Squad, I thought there was some pretty interesting information. that About people who committed we, suicide? We didn't cover. Uh, this is totally information you're not reading from your did, iPhone Did right you now, know? Right? It was Bruce Franklin who was the associate producer. That's oh, amazing. Wow. Did you know that Andy Horwitz was the co-producer? Get out. Wasn't Not, the, wait, the Andy Horwitz? Wasn't Andy Horwitz one of the Beastie Boys? Wasn't he didn't he do Arrested Development? Jeff Johns was another executive producer. Well, Jeff yeah. Johns is actually the chief creative officer of DC Comics. Yeah, but do you guys know that John St. Johns was the voice of uh, Duke Nukem? Did you know Jill St. Johns? Yeah, Jill St. Johns. I think was John Diamonds are forever. <laughs> John Gilroy. Ooh. Did the film did you know, editing? Did you know, so, Gil did you know that Gilbert did, Godfrey is a did, comedian? Did you, did you know is, Gilroy was here? Did you, okay, this is going to really piss off Evan. <laughs> but my theory is that the Joker and Suicide Squad in this new DC universe is Dick Grayson. That is ba, ba, the most. That is the most ridiculous bullshit thing I have ever heard in my entire life. True. Dick Grayson. Is an American treasure. Is he? He is a hero. Right. He is. Why do I feel my mic just Can, went off all of a sudden? Because you're, you got you're turned just down. swallowing you're the fucking shit. mic. <laughs> I had to 
to make I had to make a very dramatic point it, about it, it has, who Dick Grayson is. Dick Grayson is pure light. Let me he just is the wipe light the spit of the DC universe. Yeah, can I remind you about Dark Knight Two? The graphic novel. Oh my God, Frank Miller is like has has written and nothing but trash. And that's the inspiration for much of the DC uh, universe. I think I'd like to say fuck Frank fuck Miller. Frank yeah. Miller. Yeah. Fuck Frank Miller. I agree. Fuck Frank Miller. Frank Miller is like some Republican, yeah, and Trump yet, supporting asshole. And yet they've made movies based on who's, all his stuff. Who's the Ugh. other comic book guy with the cane and the the <laughs> big the big rings? L, uh, Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Didn't we already say fucking no, Alan wasn't Moore Alan a while Moore. ago? Is it Alan Moore? Is he, he the? Is he like an English goth guy? Yes. 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 Yeah. He's not. In, yeah, he's English, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's not. A, English. You have gone on record. He's a big guy. You have gone Fuck on record, Chad, as saying he can suck it. Yeah, he can suck it. I, yeah. I think. I just wanted to tell him to suck it again. I but I'm telling you, he's Dick Grayson. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is as a as a comic book. Um, I have actual real difficulties reading. You're talking about The Dark Knight Returns, right? The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Um, I actually have trouble reading because I know of Frank Miller's politics and I can't right. help but read his politics right. into the book, especially since so much of it is like TV, like newscasters, talking heads. I have an experience like world, that too like, because... It's uh, so, so problematic for me. I read uh, Ender's Game you know, years and years and years ago oh, and yeah. I loved it so much. But Oof. now... I found out that Orson Scott Card is such a rampant fucking homophobe. homophobe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that just totally yeah, colored changes. me. Yeah, but was, here's the uh, thing: to the point where he's like, they should be arrested, they should be yeah. taken care of. Yeah, really? Yeah. But I thought Ender's Game. I always found it a little gay, gay, a little homoerotic. <laughs> well, really. maybe that's because he's. Uh, I'll not admit, willing I've, to admit, I've never yeah, exactly. read it or yeah, watched it because exactly. I didn't want to give like any money to him because yeah. I knew that about him before. That but was the worst. But sometimes the, we have to separate. Yeah. It's like when Ten Thousand Maniacs decided that Peace Train, the, the the song that they covered by Cat Stevens, which built their they built their career on. When Cat Stevens came out saying that Salman Rushdie should be held accountable for right. the Satanic verses, yeah. they said if we ever re-release that album, we're going to yank that song off. Yeah. It's like yeah. fuck you, Ten Thousand Maniacs. I, I understand Natalie what you're Merchant. saying, but it's suck like, it. But a perfect example is when I first read The Dark Knight Returns, I I enjoyed it, but then I learned about Frank Miller's politics, and I can't. I've tried reading it, knowing that it's one of people generally consider it the best or the top three. Best Superman, uh, sure. Batman stories of all time. Yet every time I read it, I can't not read right. double. I so for the for, wait a sec. Really so so for ahead. the one the one one listener who's left, um, I think it might be Mike Tyson actually. Um, uh, in the Dark Knight Returns uh, graphic novel, and I, I like your Thor a lot. Your Thor is really good. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> God, it's like just, just like Killer Croc, man. Um, in, 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 in book three, he, uh, he, uh, Batman ultimately uh, uh, has the final showdown with the Joker. And while he doesn't kill the Joker, he's perceived to kill the Joker. The Joker Snaps magically his neck. Yeah. breaks his own neck without even using his hands. But there you go. Nice. Nonetheless, in the, uh, in the, in the yep. sequel that Frank Miller came back to do a few years later yep. for Dark, Dark Knight 2, the whole crux, the whole um, uh, uh, MacGuffin in that book is that Dick Grayson has taken over the role as a Joker. Right. Well, and there are echoes of that Joker, the way he looks in that book, right. and and you know the way he calls everybody darling, is very similar to this Joker in Suicide right. Squad. Well, so I'm calling it. Isn't that where the Joker, Joker tortures Dick Grayson and Dick Grayson turns into the jo new Joker? Isn't that what he doesn't torture him? Oh, you're no, thinking. Uh, you're 52. thinking of All Star. No, no, he's correct. He's thinking of All Star Batman and Robin. Also by Frank Miller. Also by Frank also Miller, which was a pre, which was supposed to be a prequel to The Dark Knight Returns, right. Right. Um, in which Batman effectively like child abuses the shit out of Dick Grayson. 
to get him to become Robin. And that's when he says, I'm the goddamn Batman. That's a terrible Um, book. Going back to the Dark Knight Returns 2 or whatever the hell it was called. um, Sequel. Let's print more money. I actually think that one of the interesting things about that that book or that series um, has nothing to necessarily do with how it portrays Batman per se. But he wrote, I believe, the first book, the first book in half around that point, um, pre-9-11. Hmm. Then the 9-11 attacks happen. Yep. And then he writes the final, like, two books, two and a half books, somewhere out there. And you can actually see his art, because he wrote and drew it, his art actually deteriorate. And you can actually, like, literally look at these books and see the impact that 9-11 had on him and had on his political philosophy and on his ability to draw and stuff like that and how shaken he was. And all of a sudden, the plot that he originally said that he was going to write just completely kind of goes off the rails right. in the last two and a half books. And mm. um I mean nothing about a Batman story. I just think that that's a really interesting What does it entail though? Like can you describe like how he's affected? Like how the plot <laughs> It's almost unreadable. That that that, yeah. that those series of books are almost unreadable. They're so bad. Huh. He just um, goes I mean the the final uh, battle between Batman and Dick Grayson as the Joker is just horrible. Hmm. You know. Uh, but isn't that true? Because it, it's kind of him really? like working through. No, really. In like, a lot of ways, it's sorry. Just to finish yeah. this point, Chad. Yep. In a lot of ways, it's him working through his his understanding as to what's happening in nine eleven. So, um, so Ross is correct that it it it's really disjointed. It's really difficult to read because that's what his emotional state was. Right. So the first book in a bit, book and a half, you there's a clear, consistent like plot setup, character setup, right. and you know you could read other other story arcs and you could be just like this this writer didn't know what he was doing he he had this great setup but didn't know how to follow through right. but we know Frank Miller we know that he had like an, an extensive history and an extensive right. run but when you know yeah. and you know his politics and you know how much that one specific event influenced right. how he wrote and you read those not last two and a half books you you don't see that that often where you can just watch someone just like <laughs> break down almost like yeah. on the page and just yeah. watch like here's this event and here's this clear line drawn. It might be a nice reflection of, you know, 9-11 happened and then what what did Rumsfeld and and Bush and Cheney do as they just fucking, you know, they clouded the whole thing and like, let's go after Iraq. And like, they have nothing to fucking do with it. And they go, well, we'll make these fake... You know, there wasn't a lot of yeah. information. Tubes. So you can see, aluminum tubes. You can yeah. see Frank Miller was just reflecting that, this yeah. bullshit uh, Republican narrative, like we need yeah. to go to war with these people. Like, yeah. what my, the fuck? My worry about the DC Cinematic Universe is that Zack Snyder, who's an avowed Dark Knight Returns you know, fanboy, is that they're, they're using the, those books as a blueprint for the universe, in some ways, at least for the Batman character, and God help me if it turns out that you know Joker is Dick Grayson or they mess with Dick Grayson, I'll be really pissed because. Thank you. Uh, I mean, Evan. I know. I know Evan really hates Robin and can't stand him. But I want to stand here and say that Robin is a fantastic character. And when he was introduced, he was introduced as this uh, counterpoint to Batman, who was on the road to becoming a complete psychotic, right? You know, villain. He was on the road to being a nightmare, and it was Wasn't Robin he that in pulled the back. Yes. Robin or Batman? Robin. Robin. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yes. yes, he was. He was a flying grace. He was He's a, a flying grace. Yeah. <laughs> Have I ever told you my tragically unhip story with uh, Gord Downey? Go ahead. <laughs> So now that he's diagnosed with a terminal brain know, tumor, it's a perfect uh, time to tell the story. I know. Uh, well, it doesn't make him look bad, but um, that's good. He and I went to university together. Wow. 
We went to Queens. Uh, That's amazing. As everybody knows, Tragic Hip was a King Kingston, Street, Kingston yeah. band. Yeah. Uh, in the first first year, we were both in first year together. We were in a, what's called a Gale group. So Queens has a very gay, Scottish gay group. Gale. 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 Oh, G A. You were all named Gale. G A G A L. Gel. Gale. G A. So I mean, we we were. I mean. It's a it's a it's a way to introduce Frosh to the to the university, and you have like a group of I thought that was a roofie fifteen kids, uh, with with the uh, second and third years acting as your mentors, and we yep. got up to a lot of crazy things. He was the coolest kid in our group, no doubt. He wore a trench coat. He was just he was just cool. He was cool. He was Gordana man. He was cool. But I remember I I actually was on stage with him doing a uh, um, uh, Grease Lightning from yeah. from Grease. Yeah. Um, wearing almost no clothes and a pink flamingo. Oh my god! On stage. <laughs> I'm okay. Hold on. We're gonna have to rate this episode. Greased lightning. Go greased lightning. Greased lightning with nothing on but a flamingo and Gordon. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, we used deadly pink flamingo. We were the deadly pink flamingo scale group, and we so we had the pink flamingo, you know, lawn ornaments, and we were wearing like these robes that every time you jumped up. And in any event, it was uh, called Friday Night Live. So that uh, Gordowning, we were in a gay. He was in. English or history, I forget which. I never saw him again because uh, I was in science. So that right. was it. A few years ago, many years after Queens, yeah. uh, I was in uh, Liberty Village at the Liberty Street Cafe. There was a place where you could get coffee right at the corner there uh, with my wife and uh, dog. And I walked in, desperate to get a coffee. Who do I see but Gord Downey? Bum, bum, bum. And, it, and, you know, the first thing is, is you don't want to be uncool. But at the same time, I know this guy. Right, so it's like Gord. Hey, remember me? And he's like, hey man. Obviously, he does not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm desperate to think of the connection. He's like, well, we went to Queens together. Do you remember any of those Queen songs? <laughs> and he's like, no, no. And then, and then I try to make a joke about. Uh, he's like, oh, what are you doing now? And it's like, oh, you know, I was working for a bank, and I was, I was trying to make an, a a wry joke about, you know, yeah, it's so great. I graduated from Queens, and now I work for a bank. And he's like. Yeah, I guess that's cool. And I was like, oh. See, what so, you should have said was, so, what have you been doing since yeah, school? <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard anything about you. You all right? Yeah. Did you uh, get a job after? So I get out, I, I, I walk out of the cafe with my coffee, feeling already like like a desperate, idiotic fool. And, and I'm sure he had no idea who I was. And on the steps, walking down out of the store, I managed to somehow spill the coffee over my shirt. <laughs> I spilled the entire cup, like all over my shirt. And so I'm now sitting down on the bench. And meanwhile, my wife and dog, because we had the dog, she was sitting outside. She didn't go in with me. She had no right. idea what's going on. Right. And I'm sitting there and she's like, what's going on? It's like nothing. Well, what's happening? Do you want to go? No, I don't want to leave because he comes out with his entourage. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is for him to notice that I've covered my shirt in coffee <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> underscored the tragically uncool aspect of my myself. So I sat there with coffee all over myself. I was like, I don't understand what's going on. But he keeps saying, I was like, shut up. I don't I can't talk about it now. I don't really want to say anything until he's gone. And he's like, who's gone? I can't. I don't even want to. Don't even want to go there. Right. So that's how I uh, saw Gore Downing many, many years later. Now, what, and, and around what year would you figure that would be? That would have been uh, early 2000s because it was after we bought our house. Which is ironic. Is it? Don't it you is. think? And like rain on it's your like wedding day? Rain. Because the Tragically Hip did that coffee spill tour and all their shirts had just like a big splooge. <laughs> you can coffee. thank me, Canada. 
You can thank you me. He was sue. he was there because they were they were doing. Uh, it was it wasn't actually anything to do with Tragic Fit, but he was doing something at in Liberty Village, either at Nelvana Studios or at uh, YTV or whatever it is they were there, and he was recording something. Uh, but I just remember as the the only thing I can think to say to him while I while I met him was. You remember any of those great Queen songs? <laughs> we'll find a band again, the band again, and go both. Hey, and, and, oh, that's right. It's, it's like, only better no. when you sing it. I know, <laughs> I know. Because you, you always picture that you know uh, when you meet somebody that that has become famous in the interim since you knew them, that you'll be cool. You know, you and I didn't have I didn't have weed to blame it on. Um, you, you you'll be all right because you know uh, yeah, it's just a guy. I knew him. I knew him when he was like nineteen. But no, no, you still act like a freaking idiot. Yeah, you know, mm. I, I met Liza Minnelli once. Wow, and uh, that's a good story. And she was awesome. She was so nice. But the one thing that I remember noticing was that in person on an off day, she looked far older than I thought mm. that she would look. Right. right, no makeup, no TV, no lighting, all those things. Right, and you know, you're so used to seeing a certain image of these people. Mm. And then I was in the. Uh, I encountered another celebrity and I mentioned, I don't know how I get, you know, you, you get ridiculous, right? Yeah, you get stupid. You don't, it's like, you don't, you don't think you're, to. you're not starstruck exactly, but you no. still don't know what to say to these. Cause it, cause really it's, it's, it's a conversation with a total stranger that even a total stranger who's not famous, if you just immediately tried to have a conversation with a total stranger, it might be awkward. Right. Mm. Right. Usually you work in, you have a common thing to talk about, but right. with a celebrity, you're just like, I got to talk to this person. Right. And um, I said, you know, oh, yeah, I, I met Liza Minnelli once. And, you know, I got to say that she looked far older than I thought she was going to look. And this the, this actress said, oh, I know Liza Minnelli. You know, I grew up going over to her house because I was friends with her daughter or whatever or something like that. Okay. And I was like, oh, fuck. You're doomed. <laughs> really? It's like, I just sound like such an asshole. And, yeah. and my meeting with Liza Minnelli was so nice. And I don't yeah. mean to make it like that's all I. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrities, I know because it's an uneven playing field, right? Like you remember them. I went to, I, I spent two weeks with Gore Downey in 1983. Uh, in September 1983, I spent two weeks hanging out with him. We did some fun stuff, and then we went our separate ways for four years. And then, you know, <laughs> 15 years later, 20 years later, almost 20 years later, I run into him, and it's like he doesn't have a fucking clue who I am. I, of course, in the interim, have known. Uh, the great success of the tragic hip. So it's an uneven playing field. Right. And he wasn't and following your, your career. Strangely, I don't understand that. Like, I, I'm a celebrity myself, right? I'm thinking he's not as good a friend as you think. <laughs> well, I, I dropped him off my Christmas card list right after that. Um, but it was just so horribly embarrassing. And it took me like two days before I could finally tell my wife what happened inside the store and how utterly, utterly stupid and embarrassed. What really embarrassed me, more so than the coffee spill, if you can believe this, more than the coffee spill, what really embarrassed me was the fact that I was trying to make a joke about a, a rueful joke about, yeah, I went to Queens and then I ended up working for a bank. Yay. And uh, it, he he completely took it to another way, like I was being serious. Right. And he was like, oh, well, if you're happy working for a bank. That's I guess that's great. cool. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not what I was. Oh, let me just throw this coffee over. She doesn't know how funny I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I know. That's it. You're supposed to think, oh, I'm so good catching up with you again. A person whose name I don't Didn't remember. Didn't he do a song called Coffee at Work or something at work? With guys, music at work. Music idiot, at work. Idiot, music in a at work. idiot in a coffee shop. Yeah. Poured a coffee on yeah. himself. <laughs> it's like, 
coffee on your shirt <laughs> on your wedding day. Yeah, at least you covered. made an attempt. Yeah. No, it was an you embarrassing. An it was an joke. embarrassing, stupid attempt, and I, you know, it's one. Maybe of those, someday you'll have that opportunity again. Maybe, and you you can embarrass yeah. yourself for that. Probably, probably, I'll probably do it worse. Right. He'll say, "Hey, you should do up your fly." <laughs> oh shit! He's back on the erection, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the coffee shop. <laughs> wow! Put the mouse back in the house, man. So I'll bring things to a screeching halt here and thank all the participants from the various episode recordings that have been featured, and you, our listeners. We ask you to please rate and review us on iTunes, and follow us and comment at our home on Podomatic. You can also reach us through email with nerds at nerdstocking.com, and through Twitter with at nerdstockingpod. Any such feedback we get gives us the gumption to keep making content for you, so please take the time to let us know how we're doing. Good night. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria!